Hello and welcome to OMG Spot Podcast. My name is Elise Shellman and I am here with Lisa Wade and we are diving into some off the cuff, probably irreverent conversations about soul and pleasure and how those two interact. Oh, Ooh. you know, I, it feels like that's a combination that people often don't think about mm. the idea of pleasure and soul. And, and if they do think about it, almost might think that, uh, that pleasure is somehow anti-soul or mm. counter the point. And um, the more I dive into this particular topic, the more I realize that the exact opposite is true that we have an opportunity to more fully experience our soul um, when we give ourselves permission to also more fully experience pleasure. Yes, 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 yes. I am a huge, huge believer that it gets to feel good. Like we are here in these bodies on earth to feel good, to experience all of these sensations of the 3D world that we don't have access to in other realms. And for me, I know I'm in alignment with who I am at soul level when life feels good. And it's the easiest way for me to figure out like, oh, this isn't me when something doesn't feel good, right? Like when I'm having a bad day or something's off, all I have to think, ask myself is like, where am I? Am I connected to myself? Am I grounded to the earth? And is this really an expression of me? Ooh. And then I immediately get to come back to myself and come back into alignment. Right? Because what feels better than total permission to be exactly who we are? Right? Isn't that a beautiful thing? And, you know, we've talked in past podcasts about, you know, all the ways that we might deny ourselves that permission. But the idea of really jumping in and saying, okay, permission's there. And allowing pleasure to be almost like a GPS or a roadmap or, you know, a sign, breadcrumbs, whatever, of, hey, we're on the right path. This is the right direction. This is, this is a relationship that feels good. This is a, a career direction that feels good. This is just being that feels good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that you call it a GPS. It is absolutely our guidance system. GPS. So I was trying to see if there's some G spot thing going on in there, but not really, but hey, <laughs> it could have been fun. <laughs> make an acronym out of this. <laughs> I've got a question for you. This question's kind of been in the back of my mind for a little bit. And, you know, in the, the, the other work out in the world that, uh, that I do, one of the phrases that goes on in the back of my head is, is the idea that it is in giving that we receive. And I've been playing with the notion of how does that apply to pleasure and the soul? And would you be interested in maybe mm. walking, walking down that path with yeah. me? Yeah. So this is an interest. So last night, my husband was giving me a breast massage. Ooh. And it was really interesting. My intention of, while doing this was to just focus on receiving just, just allow. And it was my instant inclination was to return, right? Everything that I was receiving and respond in some way to give it back. And it's perfect that you asked this question because it really was this experiment of like, am I allowing myself to fully receive if 
I'm giving back. And what does that look like? And I came to the conclusion that one, I definitely get to focus more on receiving. And two, giving pleasure absolutely enhances pleasure. And not being able to like fully respond and touch him back um, in the way that I wanted to was very foreign. Um, and I think that we need to be careful with this too, though, because as women in America, I can't speak for other countries, but we're very conditioned to be givers mm -hmm. and to be the one that's nurturing and doing all the things for other people. And so we need to make sure that we have clear boundaries around receiving, but absolutely when it comes to the bedroom, I think giving pleasure is, oh, for me, is absolutely the same as receiving. However, outside of the bedroom, I don't know that that is true for me. Thank you. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, one of the questions I have, if I can just ask a follow-up to get really into your personal stuff. Yeah. Do you get the sense that for your husband, when he is giving and when he knows that you're really into it, right? Do you feel like that in and of itself is receiving for him I mean do you think that that kind of turns him on or that 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 gives him enjoyment and pleasure as well yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah so in essence when you phrase it that way by him giving he was receiving that pleasure yeah yeah that, that's something I've, I've been thinking about um lately you know th there are some people that um where it's it's been very clear that their that their point of pleasure their turn on was in the giving you know and hallelujah you know that's a beautiful thing except um in situations where maybe the way in their attachment like to the o you know like my o or, or whatever can stand in the way you know sometimes the thing I most want is let's just do the quickie and get on with the day. You know, <laughs> don't make this take all day long. And that's not my goal. I, I you know, in and out, let's, let's roll. Um, so I think that there's, that there's an aspect of being on the same page, you know? Yeah. With, and that came up for me too, is just through this process of receiving and only focusing on receiving. I can see how much of our sex life has been me trying to get to the end result mm. and trying to speed it up and trying to control the process and, and you do it this way and I'll do it. I, I tend to take the masculine role in the bedroom of just like, touch me this way, do this here, go over there. Let's get going on this. Um, <laughs> and so it actually helped me realize that I haven't allowed myself the full receptivity of the journey. Mm. which is ironic because that's how I'm designed at soul level, right? We've talked about this where, you know, some of us at soul level are designed to enjoy the journey. And it's all about like being able to take those detours in life. Whereas some people are designed to be like fully motivated for the end goal. And as long as they're in alignment with the end goal, then that's great. But, and I've been operating that way, but I'm not designed to operate that way. Ooh. And so it was really cool to just sort of have that aha through that experience of like, oh, how can I allow myself 
maybe even just stretch out that receptivity before I respond and fully bring it in rather than just a little bit to fill it and then give it back. Right? Like how can I deepen the receptivity? And as I deepen the receptivity, is that deepening the give? Ooh, that's good. I, that's a, yeah, because at some point it's almost like this phrase just seems to be perfect in so many instances, but like cock blocking the pleasure, you know, when you're so quick to cut it off so you can give back before completely fully embodying and fully experiencing it, you know, even though it might be, and we probably think that we're being generous in doing that. You know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel selfish if I'm sitting there and, you know, laying there, whatever, enjoying fully enjoying it all. I'm like, Ooh, I, I feel a little guilty here. I, I need to, I need to give back. This isn't, this isn't fair. And I need to get over that <laughs> you know, because there's always, yeah, I, I don't think either one of us are the type to, to leave people hanging. We'll put it that way. You right. Know. We're yeah. very kind, very generous. <laughs> very generous. Very generous. So I'm curious, is it only, so this idea of in giving we receive, I see that like play out in different, like outside the bedroom with impacts inside the bedroom too, you know? And for example, I'm curious for you if there are things that happen like outside in life, you know, in, in home that you're like, Ooh, that's a turn on. You're getting laid tonight. <laughs> you know? I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. When my husband's being a great dad, uh huh, that's a huge turn on. Uh, when he does the dishes, just like as a thank you, mm -hmm. not because there was any expectation. Um, when he's very motivated in life about anything, that's very much a turn on. There's all sorts of things outside. Mm -hmm. <sighs> when he wears particular shorts. <laughs> Love I'm kind it. of obsessed with his ass. So anytime I have a great view of his ass, that's a turn on. Um. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. And yeah. I'm so with you on the dishes. You know, it's, it's like if, if you'll do the dishes without me asking, just because it's like guaranteed blowjob. <laughs> there you go. That, that's your free ticket, you know, <laughs> because I'm so grateful, you know, and I think for some of us, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of that whole love languages book, you know, the five different love languages. That was coming up for me too. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm an acts of service love language. And so you do something for me outside the bedroom that feels helpful or feels like a gift of service. And, oh, I'm so going to repay you inside the bedroom because that to me is a way of an act of service back to, I, I don't know, act mm -hmm. of pleasure or whatever. But um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of fun to think about it. Yeah. That way. Guys, yeah. do the dishes. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Doesn't even have to be all the time, but on occasion. You, you'll appreciate it later. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, looking more at this giving, receiving dynamic and that giving is a way of receiving, I think that that can be a wonderful gauge to identify when we're over giving. Because mm. if we're not receiving pleasure from the give, then it's probably out of alignment. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If we're using the barometer of it gets to feel good and giving is not feeling good, then there's something off. Yeah. Right? That's good. And, 
Oh, I love that you brought this up because I swear every time we talk, it's like all the shit I talk about actually gets anchored in more deeply. And oh, thank you. <laughs> and so there are times, you know, I, I'm a total like Susie homemaker, as long as there's zero pressure for me to be Susie homemaker. Like I love to cook. I love to clean the house. Like I love to be a mom and just like in the the typical wife um as long as there's zero expectation from me to do it and it's like the moment there's expectation put on it the pleasure disappears mm-hmm. and in a way that's the same energy as like i'm only having sex to get to the big o mm-hmm. right and so it's got to be pleasurable along the way an expectation of it's supposed to look a certain way or it should shoulds and supposed tos are total soul crushers and which would also mean that there are pleasure crushers right Ooh, yes Uh, oh that's good so the shoulds and supposed tos are pleasure crushers and soul crushers yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that is when we start getting in the way and cock blocking and or putting so much pressure on something that that it takes the fun out of it um yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm curious. You find things that turn you on, you know, your husband's ass in shorts. Well, you know, doing the, mm-hmm. okay. the dishes, whatever. I'll send you a picture later. <laughs> um, are there, so in your relationship, I'm, I'm getting all kinds of personal here, mm-hmm. but as far as initiating, is it like a pretty even split on who initiates? Do, do one of you initiate more than the other? How does that work out? So t- full transparency, I mentioned before my husband and I are in couples therapy, mm-hmm. right? Specifically mm-hmm. sex therapy. Our relationship has been completely out of whack, not anchored in pleasure whatsoever when it comes to the bedroom. And so we've been really focused on shifting this energy and it's typically been in the past that I'm the initiator. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it's like one out of 10 times that the initiation has been received. And so he's been really working on being present and receiving, and it's gotten much more balanced um, just this year where he's initiating more and we're both just focused on receiving. Like receiving the other person, what does it look like to receive the other person? And when we stay focused on that, then it stays balanced and it happens a lot more often and there's a lot more pleasure in our relationship. That's beautiful. What a, what a wonderful shift too, you know, to be able to recognize that. Do you find that it's, that it's having positive benefits outside the bedroom too? I mean, that that pleasure like trickles over? Yeah, everything's easier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I don't care if he does anything else, if I'm satisfied in the bedroom, like just <laughs> go to work, <laughs> come home and have sex. I'll bring you your beer. I'll give you foot massages, like whatever you want. I'm happy <laughs> to give all of that as long as I'm getting late. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Wow. That's great. I, I mean, that that's great that there's been that you recognize that and, and has been, that there's been that kind of a shift. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that I think that 
many couples might um, just sit in resentment and frustration rather than try to address it and, you know, dive into that and go, hey, you know, how, how can we get to a space where we're both more satisfied and where we're both experiencing more pleasure? And what does that look like in the giving and the receiving on both ends? And so kudos to you. Yay. To you both. Yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful that he agreed to, to go to therapy um, and that we're both showing up in this way. One thing that really helped is I have had a tendency to like poke at what's not working and put all my focus on, okay, this is a problem because I'm a problem solver. I love solving problems. And if I know what the problem is, it's like, I know what to do with it. And so I just assumed he operated the same way. So I would just keep poking at this problem and how he would receive that is you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough, mm. which does not hold space in any way on my end to receive him. It was like this pushing away. And so for years say, I need this from you. I need this from you. I need this from you. And I'm not getting this. And he's just like, oh my God, like I'm not enough, I'm not enough. And that absolutely rippled into every area of life where it's like he was then focused on like, I have to be better in all these ways. And it's interesting because even like our first episode was all about permission for pleasure. And that first week it was like, oh, like <laughs> so much pleasure was coming in. And then episode two was barriers to pleasure. So I, I shifted my focus from, oh, where can I allow more pleasure into my life to where am I stopping it? Mm. And that shift this last week was not nearly as pleasurable as the one before. And it's like, huh, if I focus on it, energy is mm. going to go there. And so if I'm focusing on where I'm blocked or what's not working, it's a lot heavier to shift versus how can I welcome this into my space? And so just a couple weeks ago, I had the conversation with him, like, you know, I want to try something different rather than expecting our sex life to be different. I want to show up as a space holder and I want to show up just being fully receptive to as you are right now and allowing what we have right now to be enough. And the moment that the pressure went away, right? All the shoulds and supposed tos, right? You should be doing this, you knew, right? You're supposed to show up this way. It's like all the weight was thrown off the shoulders and everything got lighter and everything got easier. Uh. Just like allow allow what is to be and all of a sudden there's so much spaciousness to expand it's like i just felt your soul exhale and just go ah oh, thank you that's beautiful and thank you for recognizing that a shift in in focus a shift in intention like that sometimes that's all it takes to make a dramatic shift elsewhere is, is to what what am i focusing on and is Am I focusing on what I really want? The pleasure versus focusing on the barrier. That's such a, thank you for bringing that up. Sorry, it was less pleasurable. <laughs> but now, you know, I'll bet next week will be, woo, even, yes. even more so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was such a wonderful experiment on my end to have it and to have it be so clear because I've never talked this much about pleasure as when you and I come together and talk about this stuff. And so it's been so much more like in my face 
how I'm showing up and what my inner dynamic and natural reaction has been. So it's been really cool to have it so clear cut for mm-hmm. me. I'm like, yeah, of course, focus on what you want and that expands. Isn't that the law of attraction? Oh. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> you know, one thing that you had mentioned, um, the idea of initiating and that you, at least in the past, tended to be the primary initiator. I know in my relationships, that's been the case too. You know, 90, 95% of the time I'm, I'm initiating. And um, I found, and, and you actually helped me shift my focus on, the, on this particular thing, because I found that with me doing all the initiating, that um, I was making that mean something like, well, is he not attracted to me or does he not want to do this or does he not think I'm sexy or, yeah, I mean, just, I was trying to make it mean all this stuff about me that ended up creating a barrier. And I, I so appreciated during one of our conversations when you just said, you know, why does it have to mean anything about you at all? And if you want it, how about just go for it? <laughs> you know? And, um, it's interesting how, what a shift that can make um, in, in terms of the other partner, allowing them to have their experience too, and not trying to make it mean something about us. And, um, you know, fortunately, I, I think with, with, um, with Jeremy, it was a matter of, I think, and I, we talked about this and he was scared to death. I was going to reject him or something. If he, if he initiated, I'm like, dude, have I ever, have I ever said no? <laughs> you know? I'm not the, (laughs) and, but that had been his experience in the past. And, um, and so it was interesting that just having that conversation and, and then there was a a willingness, you know, to, to initiate a bit more, but I think sometimes it's also personality driven, you know, you're, some of us are just a bit more type A (laughs) in the bedroom, especially. So, and that's, and that's okay. But I, I think that um, I realized that I was making it mean something about me. And that's not necessary. It's not necessary. Because then that kind of shuts things down, too. So we get up in our head instead of Absolutely. all in our other parts. <laughs> yeah. I created years of pain for myself, making my husband's behavior mean something about me. Mm. Right? I'm too fat. I'm ugly. He's not attracted to me. I'm not any good in the bedroom. I'm not a good wife. Like, on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And finally coming to the place where, oh, okay, this is his stuff, (sighs) is so, it's such a better place to be. Again, using pleasure as the gauge, like it does not feel good to make it mean something about us. Yes, absolutely. awful. (laughs) Like those are heavy thoughts. Like I'm too fat. I'm not sexy. I don't know how to be sexy. Like none of that feels good. Right. It's obviously not true. Because if it was true, it would feel good, right? That is such a simple reframe. Thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah, if it feels, wow, such a simple reframe. And, all right, I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Remember, (laughs) in the next week. (laughs) Homework already. Um, Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. So, I, okay, going back to this in giving, we, you know, it is in giving that we receive kind of concept. What about like knowing when your partner is really enjoying it? 
right? Because I've noticed that some people are different in the vocal or willingness to express their enjoyment or satisfaction. And um, I don't know about you, but for me, if I know you're enjoying it, oh my gosh, I'm going even that much more all in, you know? Is that your experience too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My husband tends to be quiet. And so I'll like check in with him. You okay? <laughs> you good? Like, how's it on your end? <laughs> um, and I do need to be careful in those moments not to make it about me. But when he is willing to be vocal, I eat that up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm a huge believer in like expressing pleasure enhances pleasure. Ooh. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Show yeah. notes right there. Expressing pleasure enhances pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so moaning, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like the, the reverberation, right, uh, of the sound creates like this pleasure container mm. and allows like this enhanced ripple effect. I'm all about being as loud as possible. <laughs> I love it. Getting that old fifth chakra activated along with the second as well. (laughs) That's beautiful. You know, one of the things, (laughs) well, it's just kind of funny that I, I know that different people are at different levels of expression. And so, you know, sometimes (laughs) it'll be a situation where the person's like, oh, was that it? Did, was that it? And I'm like, oh no. Trust me, trust me, you will know. <laughs> there will be no doubt, zero doubt when it's it. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. And I think maybe just because they're not used to expression. Mm-hmm. And then when it happens, they're like, oh, <laughs> now I get it, you know? But, and sometimes, you know, if it doesn't get to that point, I wonder, do they think I was faking the rest or something. I'm, I'm not the faking sort and I'm, I'm not going to do that. But, you know, to be in full expression of pleasure through the whole thing and not just right at the very end, I don't, I think that throws some people off. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I've never had that conversation before huh. with any of my partners. I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly satisfied when we don't get to the end. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, cause because I'm fully enjoying the journey and I am fully expressing myself and I'm, I'm riding the waves. Um, so I don't know, my husband's never asked. So I've never like even considered that question. That would be a good thing to bring into communication with your partners. One thing I've been contemplating recently is this idea of where I think different people, their, um, pleasure point might be might be different. So for some women, it might be very clitoral. You know, for other women, it might be very um, inner. Yeah, <laughs> whatever word you want to, you know, G spot oriented or, or, or like actual inside work. Um, and being willing to communicate that, you know, because I think that um, that some partners might make assumptions that it's it's one way or another. I'm I'm you know. Um, very much more geared in one direction. And so when, when the partner makes assumptions that it's all up here, um, ah, 
you know, I'm like, oh, just give me that. That's what I want, you know, but, but then there's the, this idea, well, I need to get you there first. And I'm like, oh, but you're not, you're not understanding that is, you know, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting all frustrated here, but, and, and that's what happens then too. Just listen to me. Hey, so I'm um, curious, do you ever talk about this before you engage with your partners? Like when you have a new partner, do you have this conversation of like, tell me what you like, like, what's your thing? I think so much of this, the making it about ourselves, right? Like not knowing, are they, are they getting out of this when I'm getting out of this? Comes down to lack of communication. Yeah. Yeah. Like that seems like a natural conversation to have. I don't know that I've ever had it before, <laughs> before sexually engaging with someone, but it seems like that should be step one. Like, tell me about your body. Oof. rather than just coming into a relationship or an encounter, assuming that the person in front of you operates just like every other person you've been with. That's wow. Yes. Yes. You know, I finally got, I had that conversation with, um, with my last husband, but it was like four years in, you know, I, <laughs> four years in. And then at that point, it was almost like there was, um, there were habits built up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes breaking out of those habits can can be more of a challenge. And and it and at that point, I don't know if there was this sense of oh, so are you telling me I've been doing it wrong for the last four years? Mm. Not a wrong thing. Making it mean you know? something, right? Yeah, yeah. Not a wrong thing. Just a hey, what if we tried this thing? This would be. I think this would be really cool. Feel really good, and I'd love to explore it. But it it turned into, you know, something, something else. And so having those conversations earlier on, you know, I don't know if that, you know, there's part of me that says, Ooh, but does that kill some of the exploratory magic? I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, Maybe. a lot of people are disconnected from their body and they don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, even when I was getting a massage last night, it was like, oh, I kind of want you to massage my throat. And I've never had a throat massage before. That, that feels really good. And without the exploration of massaging my breasts, I would not have gotten there. So there's still going to be undiscovered places, mm-hmm. right? We don't all know everything about ourselves, but it's like, at least give them a map. <laughs> How beautiful when someone else is willing to be the explorer you know, with you on your body and allow you to be the explorer with them on their body. That's, that's some beautiful stuff. Yeah. And I think it's foreign for a lot of people. I think it's foreign to, to not make it mean something, right? I think that we do that probably in the bedroom more than anywhere else, right? Oh, if they tell me, if they're guiding me on what to do, it must be because I'm doing something wrong. Right. So it's really important as partners that we are willing to not make it mean anything about us and hold space to receive the other person and be willing to be guided and and shown and not think that we are, I don't know, stupid or something because we don't know. Okay, so what's coming up for me is this whole idea that in the rest of life, Ego gets in the way of our connection with our soul. And in the bedroom, ego also gets in the way of our connection with our pleasure from a soul place. 
because that's the ego is what causes us to make it mean something about us or to create some judgment or some, you know, I should, the shoulds and supposed tos. And mm-hmm. when we actually let the soul lead and tell the ego to sit on the shelf and watch, <laughs> be the voyeur, you know, whatever, um, that that's, that's when the barrier gets taken away. That's when our soul actually gets to take the lead. And when greater connection actually gets to happen. You know, one of the, one of the things you were talking about earlier, um, you know, in terms of, of the communication or, or knowing when something feels good, then, you know, that's pleasure, that's soul. When it doesn't feel good, then it's not right. For me, the feeling good or not often comes down to not the physical act, but the level of connection with another person. And somebody can be great, you know, and have all fantastic equipment, you know, and everything else. But if I don't feel some sense of connection, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm just, I'm just not. I, I need, I need some kind of connection. I'm not necessarily talking, you know, eternal love kind of stuff, you know, but, but some kind of, of, I don't even know if it's soul or heart connection or, or, or what it is, but just connection. Because to me, that's, that's kind of the difference for my soul in terms of pleasure versus, versus not so much. Yeah. I've never been a one night stand kind of girl. Mm-hmm. If I don't have that emotional connection and eh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there has to be something there on the energetic level. Yeah. You know, I think for, for some people, uh, you were talking about soul blueprint before and kind of like wh- how our souls operate. And I think for some of us, you know, where, where we originate, where our souls kind of come from, sure, there's not the physical bodies, you know, there's not, I don't have a clitoris, you know, <laughs> there. So, so this whole experience is really different. But energetically, you know, there, there are some some soul groups that like energetically ecstasy might be the lowest vibrational frequency they experience on a regular basis where they are, you know? And so then you're born into these human bodies and like the soul might remember this perpetual ecstasy thing. And we're on a quest for that. And for some, that means turning to drugs, you know, literal ecstasy to find, you know, to find, to find that experience. And for others, it, it is more of a, of a sex thing. You know, can, can I find that experience, remember that experience through orgasm or through connection or, or through, you know, amplifying that sexual energy in the body because that feels like home. Even, even if our conscious mind isn't aware of it, it's, it's like our soul remembers that. And that can be tricky, you know, it, it can be, it can be tricky. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Like what a bummer <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to come from somewhere like that and then come here. Ugh. <laughs> um, but when we allow ourselves to approach life from a place of curiosity, mm. right. And exploration, there's a lot more pleasure available. And think pleasure, the concept of pleasure needs to be expanded so much further outside the bedroom. Because when we say pleasure, I think the first place people minds go is sex. But there's pleasure in so much that has absolutely nothing to do with sex. Yeah. And I would imagine that if you were from a place where you're, you know, used to 
ecstasy, not being the lowest level, um, then it's probably imperative to find pleasure outside of the bedroom. Yeah. And not just inside. You know, yesterday, I, I, to look at those little things in life that make us giddy, right? Where we get kind of all on the inside and just get kind of giddy. Yesterday, um, I had this old, old Jeep, just, just old, like 1974 Jeep. And <laughs> finally, we had sunshine where I live and it was a beautiful day. And so to go take the doors off the Jeep and put the dog in the Jeep and just go for a ride, my face hurt from smiling so much because I was so happy in that moment. You know, just me and the dog and the Jeep and the wind and the sun. And ah, that to me was, was so pleasurable and was almost this sense of, of ecstasy that had nothing to do with sex or Oreos or Doritos or drugs or anything else, you know? Um, but finding those little things that do bring pleasure and that that's not going to be a pleasure thing for a whole lot of other people, you know, but for me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, finding what's in your pleasure. Like just just sitting with that and kind of tuning into like do you know what's in pleasure? Mm. Right? I think that's a fairly foreign thing. Ooh, there's homework right there. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. What's in your pleasure? What yeah, the in the exploration of it. And for me, pleasure has so much to do with my level of presence. Ooh. But the more present I am, the more receptive I am to pleasure, the more easily pleasure comes to me, mm. right? Because, I mean, I get pleasure just, you know, when my house is clean, just looking around my home and be like, ah, I love my house. <laughs> <laughs> Eating chocolate. And, and what you're bringing up is how much of that doesn't necessarily have to do with anyone else. But again, mm -hmm. pleasure that we can offer ourselves that maybe also don't have to do with actual, you know, physical, you know, stimulation, but pleasure in everyday ordinary life. But if you're not present to it, even if the house is clean and you're not sitting there and, and actually enjoying it or walking through and going, ah, you know, you're going to miss it anyway. Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to miss it anyway. And so being present to that, that's such an important point. Thank you for, for bringing that up. Yeah, and I wonder, so would you say that pleasure is all about being in co-creation with the world around you? Ooh, now you're talking language I love. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yes, and co-creating from a soul space right? Because if, if we're solely co-creating from our head, from our brain, then our soul may or may not feel in alignment with that. Um, I have found that when I allow my sacral chakra to get involved, you know, or, or maybe even be the starting place for the co-creation, then allow the how, you know, to connect with the brain. And then maybe it's, it's when it all comes together in my heart that I'm fully present and have that feeling or sense of gratitude, that that's when it all comes together in this big pleasure package, you know, that does feed the soul, that does light up from, you know, light me up from the inside. So that, oh, I love that. 
another nice reframe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, when I'm present, I'm not in my head. And so I think that there's a formula here that like co-creation plus presence equals mm. pleasure. I love that. Right. And you could be co-creating with your physical body, right? So obviously self-pleasure, but it's so much for me, it's about my level of engagement with the world around me, right? It's like being outside and turning my face towards the sun and just feeling it warm my body, like, oh so pleasurable or just acknowledging the the presence of all the flowers that are coming out for springtime and you know the the two examples that you just gave and then the example that I gave earlier were all connected to nature I mean there's also the house the clean house you know which isn't but I wonder if there's something about actually being present in nature that makes us more, or, or if there's something about nature that allows us to be more present, maybe that's it. And, and, and be more open to receiving that kind of pleasure. That's not, you know, physical in nature. Although I want to say having sex outside, like in the woods, like bucket list stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I desire to have sex outside in a forest. I don't know. <laughs> but I think maybe that's part of why that connection, that presence that, you know, if, if I know that nature brings me pleasure and then sex brings me pleasure, can I connect those sex and nature? Wah! Yeah. <laughs> that might be hallelujah singing kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's about being present with a 3d world. Hmm. Right. And it comes back to like the senses and diving into the senses. I, I see a lot in the spiritual community where there's a tendency to be up here in the ethers. Mm -hmm. Right. This idea that we need to like leave our bodies in order to connect with the heavens or to connect with guidance from above. And I'm a huge believer that it, like the more present we are, the more connected we are with our bodies, that the greater the ability to receive guidance uh, because it's grounded. And I think that there's a connection here with pleasure. Like we're human for a reason. Like we're here on earth in these bodies for a reason, because there's something that we get to experience in these bodies that we don't get to experience anywhere else. Like earth is the most 3D individuated experience that exists for us. Yeah. And like, let's be here. <laughs> right? So if it's our environment, if it's nature, if it's this container, our body, like, how do we allow ourselves to just be fully immersed here? Yes. And that is the point and the possibility for co-creation. I mean, it's right there. We, we have to be here in 3D to be able to do that. I mean, otherwise, what's the point of being incarnate at all? You know, if, if we're always spending time elsewhere, we're missing such an opportunity with pleasure being our guide to what is the opportunity that we are that's most in alignment with our soul that we're most that that most follows our strengths or our it just seems the pleasure's the guide you know to okay if it feels good and i can do it here in 3d and i'm not even talking sex i'm talking you know pick pick your other thing but allowing that to be the way that we show up and that we offer our gifts 
oh gosh, because back to the giving and giving we receive thing, right? It's offering our gifts and then even receiving more guidance when we do when we do that. Oh crap. Okay. And that's something from a soul. <laughs> All right. There's my aha. Yeah, that's something from a soul level that I've so noticed that I have had a tendency you know, receive the divine guidance, receive the soul guidance, whatever, but then for, for whatever reason, block it up, not give it, not share it, not, you know, hold on to it for a whole host of <clears throat> what might they think, you know, things. And it's like it, it constipates the flow. But when I'm giving, it's like more's coming in and it's this replenishing supply. You know, I never run dry because as I'm giving, I'm, I'm getting more, I'm learning more, I'm connected more. Yeah, and I I just want to refine that when we're giving an alignment. Yeah, yeah. Receiving. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Thank you for that for that clarification. Yeah. Yeah. And when we're when we're putting up barriers to the giving that's in alignment, mm -hmm. it can also put up barriers to the receive. Huh. In giving, we receive more. In alignment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's true in the bedroom. It's true with pleasure, the pleasure principles in general. And it's even true with our connection with spirit or our connection with source, soul, you know, our own gifts, however we want to look at it. But wow, the, the, this is why soul and pleasure go, do go hand in hand. I mean, these conversations are so relevant. Yes, in the bedroom and yes, for the big O, but also for like this big O we call life outside. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what's coming up is that there, there are a lot of scenarios where it might not feel safe to give or receive. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important not to force the process in any way and start where feels good, like allow pleasure to be the guidance, even in the places where you feel stuck. So if you find yourself in the bedroom struggling with receiving or giving, then start with nature, right? Start with other areas of life where it does feel good because as we open up our channels of receptivity in one area, it's going to have that ripple effect to open it everywhere else. Beautiful. Yes. And, and that reminds me of our conversation last week where I was talking about um, just get the pretty panties, do the, you know, shave the legs, do the, the, the toenails. And in my brain, I was thinking this is also superficial and stupid, you know, but, and when I mentioned that in my conversation with my soul, the feedback I got was, we got a long way to go with you, hon, and we're going to have to start with baby steps to get you there. So just trust on this. We're, we're going to start with the little things to allow you to feel more and more comfortable and, and sink into this to get to the big things. And that's exactly how it played out. Well, and it's interesting. Why are we calling the 3D superficial? Yeah. Yeah. Right? When we just acknowledge like we're here for the 3D. So why are we judging our immersion in the 3D? Because everything you said was all 3D. Yep. Such a good point. Such a good point. <laughs> we're silly. <laughs> yeah. And it goes back to that ego thing. Ooh, I'm supposed to be so much deeper and, and more, you know, more uh, whatever than little silly 3D things like are my toenails painted? because <laughs> you know, I've told myself that story in my head that's not my soul talking that's my silly little ego you know shoulds and supposed to's going on and 
that's the cock blocker right there. Ah, the ego's a cock blocker. Yep. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Damn it. So good. (laughs) So good. So what's this Uh, next week going to look like for you on the pleasure front? Oh, allowance. It's going to be all about allowance and receiving the world around me and seeing what wants to be co-created through receptivity. Yeah. How about you? You know, I'm in a, in a position right now where I'm totally rethinking um, and not rethinking that that's the wrong term, but I'm, I'm re feeling my way into how I want to show up in the world and how I want to show up in my business and what I really want to offer, how I want to give into the world, knowing that it is in the aligned giving that I will receive, you know, and so allowing pleasure to be that guide, you know, this, these conversations have actually helped so much in terms of opening up and being willing to look at, I think before I looked at business as all up here and, and you know, spreadsheets and to-do lists and, you know, that makes my sacral want to cry. <laughs> but when I can look at, if I'm willing to look at business and what I offer as from a place of what feels really good, what feels really juicy, what lights my soul up, how can I be of service to others in a way that, um, is aligned and is pleasurable instead of in a way that feels like a total grind. That's my roadmap. And so this week I'm, I'm, I'm sinking into that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love it. Woo. Thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation and the time went by so fast. (laughs) That was great. Ah, thank you guys for listening. We are so excited to have you on this journey with us and We'll see what happens next week.